Podcast. I am one of your hosts of the greatest video game podcast in the entire world, as voted on by everyone ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Patrick Shanley. I'm joined, as always, by my best friend and co-host, Evan Arnold. Eddie, what's up, man? What's up? What's up? You know, I'm just relishing in being the best podcast of all time. Yeah, I know. Um, it was a hard, long climb, but we finally made it. Yeah, we, we beat everybody. Like, Bombcast, Nextlander. You can, you can tell I only listen to one set of people who do podcasts. Kind of fun. We beat them all. So, I was going to say, like, Bill Simmons. Like, that's the types of podcasts that I listen uh, to. <laughs> uh, Joe Rogan. Like, we beat them all. We're the number one, not only video game podcast, we're the number one podcast of all time. It's true. That's ranked. Don't look it up. Just take no. our word for it. Uh, and one of the reasons we're so great is because we bring you these hot, hot takes, hot off the take machine, uh, about the things that are happening in the world of video games, such as uh, Gamescom, opening night live. Hosted what's going by... on with Gamescom? Tell us what's going on with Gamescom. This is a pretty great show. Um, yeah. Yeah, legitimately. I'm okay. not just saying that because Jeff Keely and I are super good friends. We hang oh, out yeah. like all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was not a good show. It, it was a good show, and I want to like land on that word. It wasn't just good in what it showed everybody. The show itself was very good. It was well-produced. It felt like it flowed really well, even though it was two hours long, which is pretty long for one of these things. Oh, God. Yeah, it was, frankly, I think it's the best thing that they've put together so far, and I think they've done a great job, Jeff and his whole team. Um, I like the Game Awards every year. Um, I like, you know, what they've done with Summer Games Fest. I felt like this was the best one they've done so far. It was just a fun, tight show. Showed a whole bunch of stuff. It started off really strong. If you weren't able to catch it because it was at 11 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday, uh, I had it on in the background at work in case my boss is listening. Uh, though I was monitoring it for news that I needed to be monitoring. It started off with Saints Row. Boom, right off the bat. There's a new Saints Row coming, which is just called Saints Row now. I guess they're going like the God of War route. You gotta reboot it. You gotta reboot it. You can't do a sequel. You gotta reboot this game at this point. I hate to do this so early into the podcast, but like, I'm gonna pause the podcast and just say, I'm sick of this. It's stupid and it's lazy. It's like when every streaming service just added plus to the end of their name. Like, it's just the same crap. Like, it's nah. not... It's, and then it gets confusing because 10 years from now, when I'm going to be like, oh, have you played Saints Row? And do you mean, like, Saints Row, the one that came out in 2003 or the one that came out in 2021 or 2022? Didn't confuse Fast and Furious fans or people that watch Fast and Furious. Kids know the difference between Fast and Furious and the Fast and Furious. Which is hilarious because it has to be the dumbest fan base in the entire world are the people who enjoy the Fast and Furious movies. I said it. I love I love a lot of people that love that, that fan base. Or I love a lot of people <laughs> in that fan base, so I'm not going to say anything. Like, a lot of them are my best friends, but, like... They love those movies, so I'm not going to say anything. And they're they listen to this podcast. Of all time. So I'm not going to say anything. They are stupid, but they're good. But like Saints Row is stupid, but it's good also, right? So Remember when Saints Row started and it was like a horrible knockoff of Grand Theft Auto games? It wasn't games. horrible. It was not horrible. It was, Saints Row was never horrible. It was pretty horrible. Um, Saints Row was always given, and you're a rock star stand like myself, but like it's I the greatest. love Saints Row, and I thought Saints Row was a perfect compliment to Grand Theft Auto because it was so outlandish. And this trailer for the Saints Row reboot, like, it's colorful. It looks a lot of fun. I like the art style around it. It looks like a little bit of, I don't know, Watch Dogs London with a little bit of, like, that Saints Row flavor. 
Uh, it, I, it, it was sort of like excited. you put like Apex Legends and smushed it with Watch Dogs. Is like what the art style is. I feel like it, had, yeah, it looked like a Ubisoft game almost. It did look like a Ubisoft game when it was first. If I didn't hadn't gone into it knowing that Saints Row was going to be updated, I would have probably thought this was going to be a new IP from Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Um, the last thing they need is more IP. That yeah. Ubisoft has like eight billion franchises. It's bananas. I. Mm, mm, mm. They have a lot of games. That's all I'm saying. They do, but who? I think we, everybody needs some new IPs. I, I'm not. I'm. You know, give us more new IPs. <laughs> as like, we're talking about a Saints. As Row. we're talking about a Saints Row <laughs> reboot. But I. I think Saints Row. When's the last time? When was the last Saints Row that was released? It was Saints Row Three. We had like that game was remastered like twelve times. Uh, it came out in 2011, so it's been 10 years. Has it that really? That seems crazy. Though me. it's almost been 10 years since Grand Theft Auto V came out, which is also crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and it, that seems like... Oh, no, okay, so Saints Row... I was wrong. Saints Row 4 came out in 2013, but still a long time. You lying time. piece of garbage. I forgot that they had the one where you you play the president, um, which Wasn't was Wasn't like, that the... Which one got a lot of flack? Was it the last one, the fourth one? I the one that fans didn't was really the, like? Uh, I think the fourth <laughs> one... It just got ridiculous. It was like trying to replicate. So like two is the one that's heralded as like the best one because that was the one that kind of separated. Like Saints Row had his own identity, right? Yeah, it wasn't just a clone of like GTA. Exactly. You had di- three different gangs that you were like fighting over, fighting against. Um, you were taking over territories. It like kind of came into its own, but and it was still funny. For well, I was also like. 13. How old was I when that came out? So that humor was probably horrible back then. But <laughs> you didn't have super discerning taste. No, like I was still watching like American Dad and thought that was the funniest show of all time. Hey, so, I um, will not stand for American Dad slander. At that time period, maybe the first like four seasons, not that great. American Dad is fantastic. How dare you? Uh, maybe I can go back and watch it, but I, I just feel like I was really in the Family Guy, really in the American Dad. So that tells you what, how bad my sense of humor was back then. Um, so you were a bro, but yeah, I was super bro, like South Park all the way. Um, yeah, bro. So, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's time. I think I really believe it's time. I think we've been waiting a good amount of time for this game. I think if we, it's a full reboot, it sounds like they're going back to some Saints Row Two things. So I, I did hear that they're coming out with it is going to have um, gang territories are coming back, which I mm-hmm. think is going to be really well regarded. Uh, it looks like it's going to be some co-op stuff in there, um, and it looks like it's going to be a whole new territory, whole new map. So I'm really excited about this, but I'm also a really big Saints Row fan. So I think I knew that about you. I love Saints Row. I I love Saints Row. It was one of those games that came out and people kind of knocked on it, and I would like I died on the hill that it was. I wouldn't say it's better than GTA, but I, I believe it's a perfect complement to GTA. It just I think when it came out, I was so into GTA that I just never gave it a chance as a franchise, and I just never got over that. Just in my mind, always it's just a ripoff franchise, so I never cared. And yet it's been going for twenty years, and a lot of people really love it. So I'm like, clearly I'm wrong. Which is weird because I'm never wrong about anything ever. I mean, it is a ripoff. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, never mind. I was right then. Like, you're not wrong. It just did stuff that GTA wasn't, and it took itself a lot less seriously. Because we got to understand when Saints Row came out, GTA was taking itself very seriously. Uh, GTA 4 was one of those games that took itself very seriously. Um, there were some comedic elements in that game, but oh, that that game was a drama when you think about it. Um, and it's probably the best GTA game. Um, Ooh, that's bold. So the fact that Saints Row came out and it was just so outlandish. Yeah, I remember so... you could beat people with um, 
I don't know if we can say dildos. Can, yeah, okay, there you go. You said it. I was gonna say marital aids to. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not married, but okay, I love it. A marital aid. I'm... Oh no, now it's much worse. I don't use dildos. Yeah, now you're saying like, oh, I can't satisfy. We're going some places here, but yeah, um, you could beat up people with dildos. Um, yeah, I think you can do that in one of the Mario games, can't you? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> it's one of his power-ups. Yeah, he's like, you know, Mario goes into one of the mushrooms. There's all these dildos in here. Dildo, dildo, dildo. Someone's dildo. been throwing all these dildos. It's hilarious. I just am looking at Saints Row on Twitter, and I did a video of someone walking around hitting people with dildos. Look, if so, you put a dildo mechanic into your game, that's going to be the thing you're known for. I mean... <clears throat> they knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah they did. They knew what they were doing. They uh, yeah, I'm just saying, the show kicked off with that, which was pretty... That's a big announcement, man. Yeah, and just like fast, like boom, right into it. Like it was right at the beginning of the show. Um, some of the other great standouts from it, uh, there's a lot of Marvel games, right? Like Marvel is leaning really into video games. And not only that, but they're being made by a whole bunch of different studios because now 2K Games is making another Marvel game, which sort of looks like if Diablo cutscenes... Diablo? Diablo? Diablo. <laughs> Diablo cutscenes were like with Wolverine and Brie Larson in them. Um, it looks cool. It's like super dark and like a weird take on things that I wasn't really expecting. Uh, it looks badass. Yeah, it does. Uh, I still need to see more about this game because it looks like a mobile game to me. So I was interested to see when people were like, oh no, this is that 2K game. I'm like, oh, I thought this was like <clears throat> a mobile type where you just like buy a bunch of um, characters and just put them against each other. But it sounds like, um, I don't know, I need to see more gameplay, but it sounds like they're taking a Marvel comic book storyline called Rise of the Midnight Suns. I don't know what that, is, what that means. Uh, where characters including Ghost Rider and Blade join forces to battle Lilith. I don't know what any of that means. I know Ghost Rider and Blade are, but I don't know who Lilith is. And I don't oh, know who you know, Demons Lilith are. is the mother of demons. So, well, I'm an idiot. So, but yeah, the trailer <laughs> looks good, I guess. I need some more gameplay. Um, it looks like we're getting some Marvel characters that most people don't know about. Yeah, like Wolverine. Yeah. Um, but, like, like, I don't know who Lilith is. And, like, even the main character with the two how? Like, weapons. I don't know. I don't know Marvel like that. So. Yeah, me either. Uh, how is it possible? I guess it's because it's been around for so long, but th that there's still Marvel characters that I've never even heard of is pretty oh. astonishing. Well, that's probably why, because this looks like it is the main character. It looks like it's a de debut of a customizable character hero called the Hunter. I don't so. even know what the difference is. Like, frankly, who even reads these comics? Like, what is the... If you did a pie chart of people who know what Marvel is and people who actually read Marvel comics, like, the little tiny slice of the people who read the comics compared to, like, the no wider one, audience. No one, no one read Marvel growing up. Like, you never you never met anybody... Who Dude, never... Like you never, you never met anybody. Who Dude, never life. in my life did I meet anybody. Read comic life. books. I had a lot of comic books, but I never talked about it because I used to make fun of kids that read comic books. That was smart um, of you because I would have made fun of you. But yeah, I read a lot of Spider Man and I read a lot of Batman. Um, and I, you know, Spider Man and X Men were like the Marvel um, entities that people talked about and knew about. Right. But like, no one knew about <laughs> Iron Man. No one was watching that cartoon. Dude, everyone like, thought that those characters were super lame. I remember like making fun of Captain America because he sucked. Yeah, he, he, he was they were all dork. lame. Like, no, it, Marvel didn't pop off until the Iron Man movie. Yeah, And basically. then everybody started acting like, oh, yeah, we're Marvel fans. Like, no, you weren't, dude. You read Batman comics. You lied. And maybe a few, like, X-Men comics. Like, no one was talking about the Fantastic Four growing up. Like, maybe in the 80s, because everybody in the, that grew up in the 80s was, were nerds and they suck. 
But like us ninety kids, like we weren't talking about Fantastic Four. We were talking about X Men, Ninja Turtles. We were talking well, about Dragon Ball Z. Let's be honest. Yeah, here. that's true. Anime kind of blew up when we were kids. The only yeah. thing I cared about was Dragon Ball Z. Genuinely, the only thing in my life that really mattered at all was Dragon Ball Z. And Dragon Ball Z is a better universe than Marvel and DC um, uh, combined, in my um, opinion. Obviously, like, Dragon Ball Z is the greatest thing ever created by anyone. Vegeta has the best character arc. Then and like Gohan up into that cell saga, like that's that was some good writing. That was some good character writing. I have not seen anything from the MCU or DC touch that yet. Man, so I, need I will, to I will die on that hill. Some Dragon Ball Z, I love it so much. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's oh so good. And it's so good that they can this. make eight hundred games that just retell the exact same story that everybody yeah. knows, and everyone will keep playing it anyway. I will die on the hill where I like that Saiyan saga up until the end of Cell Saga is like some of the best television ever written. It's pretty phenomenal if you don't mind watching the originals where three out of every six episodes is just a guy going, which is great. Which is great. That's high drama. That's high drama. You you had to wait for that payoff. Dude, when Goku went Super Saiyan was like a genuine moment of my life. Like up there with the birth of my daughter. (laughs) I was Um, watching Goku go Super Saiyan. I remember exactly where I was. Oh, me too. Like genuinely. I remember my reaction. Like Goku going Super Saiyan, The Rock coming back to Raw. 9 11. Yeah. Those are the three (laughs) things that are Like, I can't lie. Those are the three things that are in my memory forever. That's what's fucked up about it. That's how nerdy I am. Oh, and the Revan reveal. In oh, yeah, that Republic. was a pretty big one, too. That was... Uh, Waiting on that remake, which will probably come soon. Uh, some of the yeah, other games I'm that were revealed... Um, but yeah, Call um, of Duty Vanguard. I mean, not revealed, really. We got an extensive look at Call of Duty Vanguard, which a couple things were pretty cool about this. The first of which being that they focused on the campaign. There wasn't any like multiplayer shown, uh, which I thought was cool. Because, frankly... Look, nobody really played Call of Duty just for the campaign. The multiplayer was always, like, you know the big ticket thing but i loved the campaigns of call of duty that was the reason that i originally got them and played through them and then you just kind of rolled into the the multiplayer so it was cool to see them put such an emphasis on it and it was pretty good frankly it looked cool you know activision's going through a whole lot of stuff so it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth it felt like they were trying to showcase their theme their woman character to kind of be like hey look at what we're doing um, I mean, they even removed Activision's branding a- from when, when they first dropped it. Yeah, no Activision anywhere to be seen, and that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, also. Um, but like the reload animations to this game looked really good. I know that's really really dumb to say, but like the reload animation looked really good. The gameplay looked really good. It looked really fun. The graphics look amazing. Some of the some of the particle effects look. Mm-hmm. Whew, like the you see the smoke actually coming up from the end of the tip of the gun after you use it. Love so, that smoke physics. That's what I'm all about. I like Call of Duty campaign modes for the most part, especially the ones that are set back in World War One, World War Two. It looks like this one's World War One, right? Or I think it's like throwing it back. Um, yeah, I think it's World War One. Is it not? I, well, I don't know because yeah. there's Soviet Russian flags in it. It might be World War Two. Okay, all right. I'm, if we I'm, had our know, producer on, it's ooh. been a while since I've took in, taken history, so uh, I may be wrong. Um, so it's but yeah, it looked it looked yeah. beautiful. Um, it looks engaging. It looks fun. Female protagonist. Can I ask um, you something? Does anyone actually not like Call of Duty? Like, if they're being completely honest, like you I don't might. Like it. Okay, well, let me finish. Because just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not good. What I guess what I'm trying to say is, does anyone think that these are not good games? Are they not very well made, very engaging, fun, tight games? All of them. 
Has there ever been a bad one is what I'm trying to say. You yeah. might not like it, but like, are they bad? No. Mm-hmm. I haven't played every... Have I played every Call of Duty? I probably have, but... I don't know. I just feel like... Hmm. I don't know. That's a good point. Like, they all feel okay. Great. Don't get me wrong. They feel like Warzone is the best feeling first person shooter I think I played. Warzone is besides Titanfall bananas. 2. That game um, like took over my life when it first launched. And I, you know, and I think like, like I, yeah, I think you make a good point. I don't think any of the games are necessarily bad. I just feel like they're not innovative. So, so maybe that's like, why it gets crap. I feel like it gets crap. If we're gonna be honest, we're just getting crap because it's the top dog. That's why it gets crap. Because if you're at the top, you're gonna get people. Oh, and I also think it. that, like, Call of Duty was the first-person shooter that kind of changed the game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it put a heavy emphasis around the story. Uh, Halo was also doing that, but, you know, it was a lot... It, I always thought it felt better than Halo because you could sprint. Um, those controls were always, like, so snappy rather than Halo. Halo always felt like it was a little snappy. bit more slow and deliberate, um, whereas Call of Duty was way more fast-paced and... Um, so you know, I and I think it came out during a time where uh, we weren't tackling little heavy subjects, and that first game was tackling a lot of heavy subjects in the art of war mm-hmm. um, that I don't think Halo and those other first-person shooters were doing. So, but I just don't think Call of Duty has really done anything to set itself apart from Call of Duty Two. You know what I mean? Like Call of Duty came out, two came out, yeah. and it just like set the industry on fire. Well, I think when game. Modern Warfare first came out, there was a lot of. And that's what I mean, Modern Warfare. Yeah, Modern Warfare 2 is like the epitome of first-person shooters, in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty stupendous. talk to most people that play first-person shooters, that is the epitome of first-person shooters. I just don't think they've done anything to kind of up the ante since that game has been released. Like, if you play one Call of Duty, you've essentially played every single Call of Duty. I think that's fair. Um, I think it's it's a better franchise than, like, Madden is, I think. But still, I... Is it? Yeah, I'd say so. Well, yeah, I would say because Madden continue, Madden seems to go backwards a lot. Yeah, Madden terms. literally like copy pastes. <laughs> oh, and then deletes. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> they're, like, they will delete segments of the game that like Madden twenty one or twenty two, I believe, has added scouting, which was part of NCAA fourteen. So it's like, man, what's going on over there? Um, they're just. I don't think Call of Duty does. It, yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't think Call of Duty does stuff like that. You know, I don't think Call of Duty will take out major portions of their game. Um, well, because every it, entity also it's different studios working on the different that's games true. in yeah, the series too, which I think helps. That's good. And who's doing this well, one? You is would it think there'd be more innovation because of that. No, exactly. oh, sorry, three four three is, is Sledgehammer, Halo. I think. Such and yeah, three four three. So I'm pretty sure do. Sledgehammer is doing Vanguard though. It's not a Treyarch, and it's not uh, right now. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'm looking okay. up. Saying Sledgehammer with Treyarch, so I, I'm Sledgehammer. People go me. back and forth on like which ones are their favorites too. Yeah, Sledgehammer's doing Vanguard, um, uh, because there's like infighting of which studio is the best. They're all great, frankly, and frankly, everyone I've met from all of these studios has been fantastic. I think yeah, I've met all... all of them over the last couple of years. Yeah, um, hopefully that's not anyone from Activision, but yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. I just don't. They're not for me. But there's a. There, it's for a lot of people out there, and we will see. Um, I saw a bunch of people going crazy over this on Twitter uh, because there's a highlight on the single player campaign, and I don't. And Laura Bailey, and people just love Laura Bailey. Oh, Laura Bailey was the voice friend actor of the podcast. It. I'm pretty sure. I don't. Maybe. Um, 
I've okay, met her so multiple maybe times. That's why. Sure she's been on the podcast. Um, but regardless, yeah, she's beloved and she's fantastic. Uh, the the showcase kicked off with big big games and had big big games throughout it, but it wasn't just big big games. And some of the ones that I wanted to spotlight one was uh, it's a game called Cold of the Lamb, which is uh, by Devolver Digital and. Um, Massive Monster. Uh, Massive Monster, thank you, yes. Uh, which looks amazing. It's like this cutesy art style, but you're a sheep that is possessed by the devil and going around uh, wreaking, of, doing devilly stuff, basically. You get a lot of content with sheeps being possessed by things. Yeah, it's pretty um, sweet. Yeah, what was that, that movie There's a out? Lamb movie Lamb, coming out yeah. from A24, I think. Is it yeah, A24? A24, of course. Or Only Anna A24 would do something like that. Um, so, yeah... Uh, that was an interesting game. It looked pretty. It looked gorgeous. Not pretty. I, I'm sorry. The art style was absolutely gorgeous, and it looked violent as hell. Yeah, it looks sweet. Um, and um, it's a base building and dungeon crawling. Those are my two things that I like. So. <laughs> it's made for you. Yeah, One of the like other it. things that was really cool, um, and I credit Jeff for doing something like this with such a huge showcase, is that there was another game called Midnight Fight Express. Uh, Midnight Fight Express is like a beat-em-up, basically, uh, with cool art style and like cool combat things. But what's really rad about it being on this big of a platform is that it's developed by one dude in Poland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to get that type of spotlight, frankly, it's just, I'm sure that Jeff just thought it was cool. You know, like that's why he put it in there. But still, it was really neat to um, see something so small get that big of a platform before it even comes out. Because I feel so often we're doing it in retrospect, right? Like when Stardew Valley launched, you weren't seeing um, Eric Barone or Concerned Ape all over the place. You hear about him now when... It, among Us launched in 2018. It took years, and nobody talked about Innersloth. So I, I will say about Stardew Valley, it mm-hmm. did have... It was... I, like, when I saw the Midnight Fight Express... It was... I, like, when I saw the Midnight Fight Express, that's exactly what... A game developed by one person that got this type of publicity since Stardew Valley. Because uh, Stardew Valley was actually um, announced at an E3 event type um, event. I can't remember if it was an E3 or Gamescom. Um, Interesting. It, I'm misremembering, yeah. There's a lot of fervor around that game. It was only because I had been following that game before. Because you're into like Harvest Moon. Yeah, I mean, I'm really into those farm simulators. Um, so that's the only reason why I know that. But this is another game, and I've been hearing about this game for a while too. And my god, it looks great. I didn't think it was gonna look this good, but like we're getting a lot of awesome fighting games next year. Right, which just like is this a resurgence of this franchise that I feel like uh, I haven't even thought about coming back in any way? Because you have Sifu too as well. Yeah, and it's like a new age beat 'em up type thing, and you yeah. know even like Ninja Turtles is coming out. Yeah, along it's not um, it's not uh, you know it's not the same camera as these other Midnight Fight Express and Sifu because Sifu seems like a more behind the back type game, third person, and Midnight Express seems like it's um, what is this? This would this be like one of those? I don't know like how I would exactly categorize it. Um, <sighs> I don't know. It's sort of like, like that top-down sort of art yeah, style thing. Yeah, top-down with the um, similar to like what was that game called? The Ascent, the one that just came out. Yeah, I mean it's not the same type of gameplay, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. like the Ascent and also um, Hotline Miami. Thank you. Oh I yeah, cannot, okay. like, like that type of. That but game's man, sweet. It looks good. I could. My not friend have... Pedro was another one too. And exactly. Like a shooter, not really beat him up, but still. Yeah, and that one was more like platformy too yeah. um plus it had bananas in it i didn't see any i bananas cannot think of the word I, I keep wanting to say it's idi- idiocentric but it's not um there's a specific word for this type and i can't think of it you think isometric is the word isometric thank you sir <laughs> thank um, you i write for a living Woo. thank you yes you you cover games <laughs> you should know this but yeah i was <laughs> not gonna lie like that game was 
I was hyped when I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the most ga- hyped games I am. I that's the most hyped I am about a game that's coming out in 2022, and it's coming like I think that Sifu will die down by the time Midnight Fight Club Express. Comes yeah, there's out. room for both. Um, we say this all the time, but it's one of the other reasons why games are just so freaking cool. Is that you can have during a showcase like this, which is like what if not the biggest platform like one of the four biggest platforms of the entire year for video games and it can be shared stage between one dude making a game out of poland and companies that are making like a lego skywalker game or lego star wars game and the biggest companies on the planet and it can still stand out from that crowd yeah 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 absolutely and like like just going off the point you just made the game that was debuted right after this was ninja turtles yeah. It's like that's how diverse this show was too. Like to start off with Saints Row, <clears throat> you come in with Halo. You like you come after Saints Row, you give us a big Marvel announcement. Then you jump into Call of Duty. Then you give us a Halo an, uh, date, and then you go to these like game that's created by one person, and then Shredder's Revenge, which looks like another game that looks fantastic. Yeah, this the thing was loaded. I mean, genuinely, this was a fantastic show. And then you had like the big ones that you'd expect. You know, like you had Far Cry updates. You got an update on a. Um, I always forget it because I want to say Horizon Zero Dawn, and it's really aggravating. I honestly feel like it's sh- Horizon is not the name of that franchise to me. The franchise is Horizon Zero Dawn, and then you can say like Forbidden West after that. And I'm gonna yeah. keep calling it that until Sony changes the name of the game. I support it. I support it. But yeah, we got. I can't believe we got a we got a release date. It's a little upsetting that it's been pushed back to 2022. Or well, can you even say pushed back to 2022? Since- I don't know. Everything in the world is coming out in 2022. It's yeah, going to the- be the biggest game year in history. Yeah, yeah. It's too I much. It, I I refer everybody back to our podcast about how many games are coming out in 2022 because it was stupendous. It's a lot, and like we we're only like we're not even like a quarter way through with like Gamescom. Yeah, um, there's just a lot happening. Frankly, it's going to start at the end of this year because at the end of this year we have a whole bunch of games coming out. We still have Death Polo that's coming out, mm-hmm. um, which is what I call it. Uh, Halo, which is confirmed now to come out in December, is coming out. Um, there's another huge game coming out in November. Oh, Call of Duty's coming out in November. Um, Horizon 4 is still coming out. Yeah, there's just a um, lot going on. It's going to be a big Christmas season, and then it's just not going to stop, and we're just going to be cranking out huge games. Yeah, for all the systems besides PlayStation. <laughs> right. Okay. I, we have switched as this podcast. We used to be hardcore PlayStation. What do they call it? Stands? Is that what mm-hmm. we call it now? Mm-hmm. I acted sure. like as if I was cool and old and didn't know what stands were. Um, we used to be hardcore PlayStation stands, and now I feel like we've shifted over the fence and become filthy Xbox um, panderers. Well, it's crazy because PlayStation didn't have another release this year, man. PlayStation didn't have a single <sighs> yeah. other big release this year. And I hate to say this, but frankly, seeing those numbers for Returnal and Ratchet and Clank were not incredibly impressive. No. And then you have Xbox ending the year off with Halo, mm-hmm. Forza. Like, those are two big games that you can end the year off. And, then you, and you the really Game Pass get... announcements that were just happening. Or the, I, I so forgot then about that. You're getting yeah. xCloud now coming to their consoles, and Oof. you have the Game Pass, which is just continuing to kill it, and you're going to be able to play next-gen games on your older Xbox, which is pretty great because a lot of people still don't own the new consoles. Right. And, like, you can still play, like, these cross-platform games because a lot of cross-platform games are going to be released. We got another trailer for... Another trailer for um, um, John Carlo Esposito's game. 
Far Cry <laughs> Just call 6. it that, yeah. Uh, Wait, hold on. Before we even start, the main character in that game is named Danny Rojas, which is the greatest character in the history of television. On football TV. is life. Oh, football dude, is Danny life. Rojas. I'm so glad you tweeted that because I big Ted Lasso fan. I absolutely love Ted Lasso. And Ted Lasso is the greatest show of the last ten years. It is a stupendous, stupendous show. And it is a show where like it it makes you feel better as a person because yeah. people don't do bad things in that show. Like I I tweeted this last week. Like Rebecca's such a great character. Like she's she such is a great amazing. Character. Even when she started on that show, because it was pretty obvious. I was like, oh, this is a major league situation. I'm gonna like ruin the show for people. But then Whatever. she's clearly such a deeper character than that. Like really quickly, and like she's just an amazing character and an amazing actress who plays her. And Juno Temple is so good on that show. Oh, and Juno the guy Temple. who plays Roy Kent is. A Freaking man, who's actually the one of the head writers for Ted Lasso too? What? Um, yeah. So, oh, that's mind blowing. That guy's incredible. And I, I'm pretty sure this is like one of his first acting roles, also. But I could be wrong. But well, yeah, even the side characters, Higgins is great. Yes. Uh, like the new psychiatrist, who I can't think of her name right now, but like she's we're a great, Ted Lasso like, podcast now. Yeah, that's we should be. It, everyone probably trying to start a Ted Lasso show. Oh, I'm it, sure it that is, exists. It is the best show to debut. In the last, yeah, you're right. Uh, probably because Bill Lawrence is responsible for it. And oh, Bill Lawrence made and made yeah, Scrubs my favorite yeah. show ever. And he's also just a really wonderful, nice man. Scrubs was also a really good, feel good show. I love like, Scrubs yeah, deeply. Yeah. Zach Braff and Donald Fajon. I wish we could bring that back. Sarah Chop. That, that was such a good show. Judy Reyes. Carla was so hot. Oh my God. Yeah, that show was dope. What the hell were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about Gamescom. Uh, we were talking about all these great games that were announced today. There was a lot. We didn't was... even talk about like we got to get into these release dates, dude. Like I, everything. I, I want to have yeah. a like a sheet in front of us. Maybe we should just do an entire podcast on what 2022 is. I think we should revisit, frankly, what's happening in 2022 so people fully understand just how bonkers. I'm just I'm just so happy Halo's coming out this year because if Halo was coming out next year, because Halo's a game that I'm actually surprised that I'm excited about. I didn't think I was going to be at first, and then nostalgia really got me, because I started playing Halo 3 through Game Pass, because it's on there, and you can still play multiplayer for Halo 3, and I started playing multiplayer Halo 3, and I'm like, dude, I, I need this back in my life. I love Halo. I feel like our friendship actually was kind of forged between, first off, me kicking your ass in track, uh, and then second off, Jesus Christ. <laughs> through Halo 2 multiplayer, and uh, talking about Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Yeah, I fully. You're absolutely right. Cause I, re- I remember like it's funny. We used to bully kids for reading comic books. Yeah, we were talking about all these video games all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I remember like people used. To, we used to like go to each other's house and just play Halo all the time. Cause that was Freaking before you could Halo. like jump online and play with people. You would just do the co-op stuff. So, but yeah, like Halo was a big thing for us, and like especially for me in high school and junior high, Halo was the game. So like that's the game that forged a lot of my friendships. So I'm excited to see it come out. This cinematic that they put they released today. This I I've never been excited for a Halo story before. It looked so, good, right? Yeah, it did. It did. It looked pretty good. So um I'm excited, man. It I'm was a great Halo. show. It got me stoked. I it was better than E3, I thought. I feel like this is what a lot of us it just had an energy to it that I wasn't expecting at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday just randomly in August. And I think it's because we weren't hyped for it. I think people yeah, were right? so hyped for E3 because there's been so long since we had something. I no one was talking about Gamescom. So when this came out like today and I just saw I like I'm going to be honest, I wasn't even I didn't even have my ear to the floor with this. So when I saw people tweeting about Saints Row I was like, what's going on today? Yeah. And I, I popped it on, and I was like, oh, man. And it went from, like I said, it went from Saints Row to the Marvel game 
which everybody thought was going to be coming to us this summer. And then it goes to the Call of Duty Vanguard, to Halo Infinite, to, and then we got some new, like, Call of Lamb. We even had, like, I don't know, Super Mario, Super Monkey Ball got <laughs> called like called out today. We got a Writer's Republic open beta and release date today. Uh, we had a whole bunch of games that I'm never going to play, like Century of Age of Ashes that got an update today. So Lego Scott, the Skywalker Saga got a new trailer today. We the had a most lot of delayed stuff. game in history. That game, that game, I swear to God, I think it was 2017, maybe it was 2018 at E3. Watching demos of that game, I don't, I don't know. It's just it's been forever. <laughs> response. I they they released like three different Star Wars movies in the time since this game has been in development. That's why I'm confused because I I had thought this game was out, and then when they released the trailer, nope. I was like, oh wow, this is. Wait, didn't they do this already? All right, whatever. Another and it's also, game. I love Lego games. I think they're super cute and they're fun. And as my daughter gets older, it'll be really fun to play them yeah. with her. But, like, yeah. people are uh, weirdly hyped about this game. It is, like, a fervent passion for a lot of people that you would not expect for, like, a I think Halo I think, for a Lego game. I think you're right, though. I think it's because a lot of people play these games with their kids. Um, Maybe. And a lot of people, a lot of like people didn't play Ratchet and Clank, though, so I don't know. <laughs> You can't really play that with your kid, though. You yeah, know what I mean? That doesn't really yeah. give you an opportunity to play. And this game looked... The graphics in this game? Like oh, I know. This Lego bananas. game looks fantastic. It looks like they, better than some of the Star Wars games I remember going and sitting... I guarantee you this is on one of our podcasts from, like, years ago. But in the room, they were talking about how they went out and they captured sand. And they were, like, how excited they were at how good the sand looked in Tatooine. And it does look good. They did an amazing job. Yeah. It does look really good. So yeah, I am, and it looks like a lot of playable characters. Like, I didn't know it was the entire saga. So it's all six Star Wars films. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Like the only six Star Lego. Wars games they made, they're all in there. Good for Lego. <laughs> um, good for them. Look, it was an awesome show. Um, I thought it was really well produced. I thought it all came together really well, and there was tons and tons of games, really eclectic like group of games, really big games, really small games. All of them looked great. Everyone showed up with like an awesome trailer and a lot of stuff to do, um, and I just was blown away by it. I was very surprised by how good this show was. I guess it wasn't a surprise, but it was pretty good. Um, and a lot of lot of Marvel stuff is happening in the universe as well, in the Marvel universe, as they say. Um However, there are games that are more imminent in the future. Um, when does this game launch? When does Psychonauts 2 launch? It's out. Computer, pull that up. It's out. It's out right now? It's out. I downloaded it last night. Well, that kind of lends itself to this conversation then because I didn't even know that. <laughs> um, uh, this game also has been around for like a long time in development. Again, like E3's years ago, I remember Tim Schafer talking about this. Um you brought up a really interesting point, Evan, one that I hadn't really thought of because I didn't think about this game this way. Psychonauts kind of became a cult classic. It was not that when it launched. In fact, it was not great at all the way it was received. It only sold 100,000 copies in its first like couple months, and there mm-hmm. led to a big dispute between Double Fine and the publisher at the time. Uh, they went off. It was just a, a huge mess, and yet what 17 years later 16 years later we're getting the sequel to this game and i'm gonna push back because i don't think it was a huge mess because it wasn't critically, that game was yes. loud like people love that game all 10 people that played that game <laughs> love that game but you're right it only sold a hundred thousand copies it did not do well at it all. did later on it went on to sell 1.7 million copies but it took a long time for that to happen yeah and i'm and like i'm trying to figure out and i was because i've been thinking about psychonauts a lot this week because it is one of those things where the game came out, Double Fine Productions is one of those studios that's really well regarded, 
but if you talk to a random person they couldn't tell you one game from double fine studios it's one of those games that came out years ago i never played it um i'm surprised by that because it feels like a game that you would have played it i'm i'm playing it i'm playing through it right now and i'm like game pass simply yes game pass Mm -hmm. i'm simply amazed with how unique and creative this game is and i'm trying to figure out what was going on in 2011 where this game didn't catch fervor. Oh, like this is 2005. You wish it was 2005. Oh, 2005. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the the port. That now was. we're talking about original Xbox. Okay, okay. I'm looking at 2011. Double Fine acquired the rights to their own title, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, so 2005. I was trying to figure out what was going on in 2005 where people were not playing this game because the platforming is terrible. But that's because I think it aged really it aged bad. I compared to a 2005 game, it's probably adequate. But man, I've seen some stuff in this game in the first like six or f- hours that I've been playing it that I've never seen in games before. Like, and I'm I'm not even kidding you. Like, this is one of the most unique and creative games that I, I've ever played in my life, and I played a lot of games. And the sequel seems to carry on that tradition and got amazing reviews. Uh, I don't think it'll sell that well. Um, I don't know anybody talking about it. Yeah, it's just one of those games... Tim Schafer is just, like, indie to the core, right? Like, he launched the Day of the Devs, which is, like, the indie component of, like, E3, and he's just been an indie guy forever. But he has become very famous, Tim Schafer himself, the Mm -hmm. designer of these games. But his games never really seem to sell that well, because Brutal Legend, another fantastic game in terms of its story and Jack Black in it and the humor. Um, And yet that game didn't sell very well. I don't know... um, exactly how many maybe we could pull that up how many uh brutal legend sold but brutal legend was also not a hit and there was a big push for that i remember it on the cover of electronic gaming monthly back when i used to actually get the magazine read it on the toilet which is where i do all my reading yep as you should i mean otherwise what are you doing in the toilet if you're not reading on the toilet you're wasting your time be careful reading on the toilet though that's how you get hemorrhoids you know so just be careful I, I don't know. I'm, I made it up, but it sounds true. Don't um, ruin reading on the toilet for me. It's literally I'm, all I have in my life. Google reading on toilet and hammer and see what comes up. Um, I, I don't want to. Okay, Brutal you, Legend sold 1 million copies as of 2014. I can't imagine it sold too many copies between yeah, now and, that at launch. and 2014. Yeah. Well, let's and let's go along this line where you, you talked about Brutal Legend. They also came out with Broken Age, which I thought was a masterpiece. I thought that story was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But no one played that game. And anytime I talked about that game, they're like, what the hell are you talking about? <clears throat> Them being independent helps. Um, though I guess not. They're, now they're technically not independent because as of they 2019, they're owned by Xbox. Right? By Xbox. Yeah. Um, but because it's Tim Schafer and because he's been around for a long I'm sure they have a type of deal uh, where maybe that, you know, it's not, it's not a game that needs to sell like 10 million copies. You know, it's not Days Gone for PlayStation. Right, right, right. Yeah, but I... It's interesting because, um, I, like you said, I don't think this game is going to do too well. Um, you would think that Xbox would have put more, you know, marketing behind it. I haven't seen commercials for this game anywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm on YouTube all the time. There's no ads coming up for this game anywhere. I don't know what's going on because Mar- Xbox owns this, yet they're not pushing it, which is weird to me. There's not a lot of plat like this to me. And I haven't played Psychonauts too. I'm playing Psychonauts. This to me 
is your perfect competition against Ratchet and Clank, right? Because they have the PlayStation has their own platformer, you have your own platformer, but Do your platformer is a lot more creative than Ratchet and Clank. And speaking of Ratchet and Clank, tons of promotion around that. So much so that when you drive down the street in Los Angeles and go by the Sony lot, which I used to live very close to, they have a big poster for it up on the side of the building, which I had not seen for a game before, except maybe the Spider-Man game when it first came out. But regardless, not a common sight in Los Angeles to see on the side of a movie studio uh, a game advertisement. That said, I wonder if this is conspiracy theory territory, maybe. But maybe because Ratchet and Clank, not that it, I gotta, I gotta imagine Ratchet and Clank underperformed, right? They must have expected it to sell more than 1.3 million copies, whatever it is. Good thing. It's an established franchise. It's like a big marquee thing. There's branding everywhere for it. It's a fantastic game, mm-hmm. and yet it didn't sell that much. Most, may, but it, I don't know. I don't understand because more people own PS5s than bought that game by quite a bit. It's not that people didn't have a PS5 so they couldn't play the game. Right, and you can't blame Game Pass. You know what I mean? So yeah. you can't be like, oh, well, Game Pass uh, right. affected the sales of it. And, like, you know, Psychonauts 2, you can say, like, well, you know, Game Pass might have affected the sales. That's why um, it didn't do as well. But, man, there's a lot of fervor around it, around Game Pass. So many people downloaded it, stuff like that. You're not getting that same type of, you know, news around Ratchet and Clank. And then also, there's only been two Psychonaut games. There's been, like, 35 Ratchet and Clank games. Yeah, at so, least 35. Ratchet and Clank has a very storied franchise. People seem to really like it. Um, and, you know, it's still early in the cycle. It's still early in its cycle. Um, I want to see how well it does during holiday times because there aren't any other games to play for buy for PlayStation. So I feel like we're gonna you'll see a lot of people purchase it then. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's funny. It kind of goes back to what we say a lot of you know a small group of press gloms onto a game. Sometimes they can make it pop, and other times not as much. But it feels like this is like an indie darling. It's sort of like when a film is like an Oscar film, right? And then it gets a bump from being an Oscar film. That's what Double Fine really as a studio just feels like to me. They're like the, um, this is hilarious because Annapurna actually makes games too, but they're like the Annapurna or A24 that we talked about earlier of games. In the sense that they just make games that are like very well received, but don't really seem to sell that much or get that much generated buzz from the general public. And it's also, you know, Tim Schafer's a name that most people who f- are really hardcore in the video games, they know, right? Because mm-hmm. um, he's been around for so long. He's he's very, very vocal. You see him in all like a lot of interviews. You see him, if you listen to the podcast, you've probably heard him come on. So, you know, he's, one. He's in my opinion, one of the last famous faces you really have in gaming. Right. Um, now that Reggie's gone and uh, Kojima's doing his own thing. Well, we still... Getting into movies, yeah. Like, you know what? That's funny. I never even thought about that before is that you don't really think about stars that much in gaming. And it seems like there's a less stars in gaming now than there used to be. You used to have... I mean, not that they're not still around, but people like Todd Howard was, like, known yeah. in the gaming space. And people like Reggie, like you said. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think... Doug Bowser is clearly not as well known as <laughs> Reggie Filamay is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um and I also think it's because uh, their face—they're just not out there. Faces aren't out there anymore. Um, you know where you had like people come and like Tim Schafer or Tim Howard, who, who's still doing Todd it. Howard. Todd Howard, sorry, he would come out and actually talk about Todd and Tim. These white names, sorry. Um, <laughs> like they would actually come out and present their own games, right? Whereas now you can just hire like a 
YouTube personality or you could hire like a they don't even hire Jack Black I don't even know why that name popped up but you can hire like right. a celebrity to come <clears throat> and present your game rather than having like the head of company come yeah so. and the well and the way you're getting the people who are famous now is somebody like Tim Sweeney who like actually I mean Tim Sweeney is known especially if you're in games but I feel like at this point he's known to most people anyway just because Fortnite is such a monster um but Tim Sweeney doesn't want to be famous. Like, he has no interest in being famous. He doesn't like doing press at all. He doesn't like speaking at events. He's a interesting human being in general. Um, but he's famous nonetheless just because that game has gotten so big. It's this... You're, you're getting famous now for your work, which is good, but in spite of, like, not trying to be famous, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think people are putting their face on the games as much as maybe they used to in the past... Uh, which is funny to. because now there's so many more eyeballs on it. Right, and do you want to with all these like labor practices coming out? Like, do you want to be the face of like an Activision or you know, because you're the one that's going to get blamed because yeah. no one knows who else to blame. So, well, I do wonder about that too. It's like, do you even want to be famous now at this point? I wouldn't. Yeah. Why would you want to be famous nowadays? Just so you can get called names, and then if you respond to it, you get in trouble. Like, no. Um, well, especially during you can't even skip the line at things. You know what's the no, point? No. <laughs> the only good part about being famous. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's interesting. Psychonauts is very interesting to me because I don't, I can't tell you besides Beyond Good and Evil and like maybe a Bayonetta. I can't tell you of a game that didn't sold, that didn't sell, at, you know, when it came out very well and then <clears> got <throat> a sequel, especially a sequel like twelve years later, thirteen yeah, years later, like, sixteen that's years crazy later. To me, it is different in games. I mean, it's you don't see this that much in movies that it much either, but um. Unless you're really independent, if you don't sell, you don't get a second chance in games, you know? And then sometimes even when you do sell, you don't get a second chance in games. Like, I hate to bring up Days Gone again, especially because Jeff Ross is a friend of the podcast, but the game didn't sell what they wanted it to, and Sony just axed it. Like, and axed the studio. Like, they, I mean, it's still there. Ben Studios still there. But, I mean, like, they came down hard and just killed everything. Because it sold what? What did Days Gone sell? 11 million copies, something like that. I mean, it sold a lot, but they that's wanted more. Good. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, but they, that was going to be... They sold... Um, and they were on a streak when that game came out. Yeah, and they, I think they thought that game was going to be their next big Last of Us franchise. Yep. Not that they thought that was going to take off, but that game was... That writing around that game was fucking garbage. Um, so, yeah, I... Mm, I mm, I'm very... I'm like, I don't know. I just can't wrap my mind around it. I think it's dope. I think it's really cool that they gave Psychonauts another opportunity... To essentially come out with, you know, and finish that story that they wanted to tell. Right. Well, I mean, how much of it is Tim Schafer, you know, like being the figure that he is and getting these things done? And also being somebody who's been a studio head for like, what, 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. It's 20 years or longer. I mean, it was uh, fan funded originally, too, apparently, Psychonauts 2. Thanks to our producer Riley for chiming in and letting us know uh, through Fig. The hell is Interesting. Fig. Like Fig Newtons? Like so, every time you bought a pack of Fig Newtons, it was like, "Hey, why not throw another dollar to our good buddy Tim Schafer over at Double Fine?" What is, what is Fig like? <laughs> it's the, just like a crowdsourcing, like a Kickstarter. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, still though, I mean, like, yeah, it was funded a little bit originally on there, but then Xbox is your partner, so like, you're gonna get your game made. Oh, yeah, and I wonder if like Xbox kind of jumped in and purchased them once they saw how big the Kickstarter or Fig campaign became. Yeah. Well, they were on that purchasing spree anyway of just, like, buying everybody. So, I mean, let, we will see if it pans out. But critic, critically, this game is being heralded as a really great game. Um, but like I, I haven't said, played it yet. I do not doubt that it's going to be a great game um, based on the pedigree of the studio behind it. But, yeah. 
I'm playing the first game, and like I said, it's one of the most unique games. Like this, this, the concept of the game is just like you're going into other people's minds. Like you are. That's what a psychonaut is: is you're going into other people's minds. Um, and like the ideas are out there, really. And maybe it's because I'm a psychology. That that's my um, that's my realm. That's what mm-hmm. I, that's what I'm working in. Maybe I just like brainwashing. Like so, so that's why I'm into it. <laughs> and I like the movie Inception. Yeah, yeah, so there we go. You should you should definitely check out Psychonauts. But like like I said, the platforming did not age well at all. It is really tough to get through some places because mm-hmm. it's just the the controls are boo boo. But that story behind the game, the acting behind the game, the characters the are fantastic. The humor, I was laughing out loud. I never laugh out loud in video games. It is very rare for me to be, laugh out loud in video games. <laughs> but man, I don't know. I, I'm really excited. Today got me really excited because I was really feeling some type of way about video games these last couple of months. I was almost feeling like I'm like done. <laughs> so, like, so it's great to see. I love how I say I am done and I put like maybe like 80 hours in a real world the last couple of weeks, but whatever. Um, I don't know. It's just good. Like 2022 is going to be an intense year. Yeah, there's a lot. We're getting happening. a lot of games coming out. I'm like hoping that Psychonauts 2 does so well that we're going to start to see more games like what is a game that you you would like to see that we haven't that no one's touched in like 10 or 12 years that didn't necessarily wasn't really popular like as a sequel or just as like a remake just like a sequel not a remake I want like Psychonauts 2 is a straight sequel like it's not a remake like I am interested to see like what game like everyone knows what my answer is going to be it's obviously going to be Power Stone I love Power Stone I I love Power Stone too another Power Stone I'd like to see another Jade Empire game because I love that game shut Um, up We'll never get one. But no, yeah, we we'll won't. I don't even know if I would trust them with it anymore. Riley, our producer, says Sleeping Dogs. That'd be an interesting Oh, one. Jesus. Oh, yeah. God. If I got a Sleeping Dogs 2, I would punch someone in the face. I would punch a baby in the face. Okay, not, well, you're not, not seeing your my baby. daughter then recently. Not your baby. I, I would never. I would give her little kisses. But yeah, I, I will punch a random baby in the face. If I got a Sleeping Dogs 2, I would punch I will punch anybody. I will kiss any. Oh my god! Just be like Zachary Quinto going around slapping kids in the face. I will slap babies. I, like I will slap kids that are misbehaving. Like for man, free. I honestly don't even know. I can't even like think of what I would want. Most of the games I liked got sequels. I feel like. Hmm. Yeah, because you only like Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's pretty much why. There's more than <laughs> one Final Fantasy, by the way. There's lots of them. Yeah, well, you got like 30 Final Fantasy. It wasn't really so. a Final Fantasy, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I'm going to have to think about that. I will come next week with an answer to that question. Uh, sadly, we're going to have to wrap up the podcast because we're getting close to time. I do, I would, would never ask for a Final Fantasy 13 sequel, Riley, <laughs> who just chimed in with that. Get the hell out of here. I'm going to put a bow real quick on Fig because we did find out what it was. Uh, Fig basically gives investors money back that they invested in the game in dividends so it's sort of like buying stock essentially in a game when you're crowdfunding it so in case you were wondering what fig was and you're a big Boring. fan of fig and getting your money back for investing in games now you can do both Boring. Um, i want to thank everybody so much for listening to the podcast the greatest podcast in the world as we said many times on the show uh we are here every week and we are interactive so reach out to us and we will talk to you and answer your questions on the podcast we also have some fun guests hopefully lined up in the next coming weeks so there's gonna be lots of stuff going on and our website is starting to take root so look out for that yeah website the the donkeyconartist.com you can find us on twitter the donkeycon at the donkeycon artist you can also find us on anchor uh, the Donkey Kong Artist, uh, Spotify, Google, wherever you want to look, listen to your podcast. Make sure you download, you listen to us, you send us a like on YouTube, uh, follow us on Twitter, support us, please. Mm-hmm. please. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for following along. We love you, and I'm looking for someone to play the Ascent with. Help me, please. Love you, help baby. Oh my God. Yeah, love Colin won't play games with me no more. Colin, hi Earl. Yeah, bye Earl. Yeah. Bye Earl. Colin's a bad friend.
Y así es. 